0: This is We Are Netflix, Netflix employees talking about work and life at Netflix.
1: In terms of growth, I think because the company strategy structures shift so often because we need to, like, you can't avoid the growth. You know, we try and do things differently every now and then, which means we need to learn something new, which means we need to step out of our comfort zone. So I think the growth is like a consequence of of, of being at Netflix.
0: I feel that I've been growing ever since I first pulled my feet at the office. I went from 20% of knowledge to 110, but... (laughs) From the personal aspect as well, uh, I think how I've been working, doing presentations, talking to other people, having more cross-functional interactions. I think that is super important as well. So I think I, I had growth on both sides, the technical side and in the more
2: interpersonal side.
3: In the last year and a half of working here, a little bit more in a year and a half, have you grown?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. In my previous role, where I was prior to Netflix, I do feel like maybe I had gotten comfortable because I, you know, had reached this point where some some things felt easy. And I think that if we want to grow, we're going to find ourselves in situations where we're uncomfortable. And I feel like whenever I'm in a moment or an experience where I'm slightly uncomfortable, I know that I'm growing because I'm stretching into those places that I previously wasn't able to before and that is a sign that something is happening that i'm i'm like changing and i'm evolving and so yes i think like coming to netflix working specifically within the studio org or learning as we go we're you know creating this new framework that doesn't exist anywhere else and i absolutely feel like i have grown because of because of that
3: that was neta zagalai paloma Souza, and gina rodriguez I'm Lyle Troxell, and today on We Are Netflix, we're talking about growth and development. We'll be chatting about what it looks like to grow as an employee in the famously flat structure of Netflix. For me personally, I have grown a lot as an employee throughout my eight years at Netflix, in both formal and informal ways. Today, we're going to hear from several of my colleagues on what growth looks like at the company, and even how the processes for growth and development are changing.
0: For me The kind of growth that I'm looking for is not technical growth, actually.
3: That's Archana Kumar, software engineer, and We Are Netflix podcast intro and outro voice.
0: I'm not looking for the ability to be an architect and design, you know, complex technical solutions. Growth, to me, means getting better in terms of decision-making, but also handling how I approach problems and how I work with people. And in that way, I think Netflix feedback culture has been so good for my growth. I think I underestimated how much I knew about myself (laughs) and having other people give me constant feedback has helped me learn a lot about what I do well, what I don't do well. For more about how
3: we value open feedback, be sure to listen to our recent episode, Feedback Culture at Netflix, if you haven't already. And it makes sense. The culture of feedback naturally leads to a culture of individual growth. But Netflix also has some more formal structures in place to help employees grow, including leaders in the company. Richard, your team focuses on leadership development. What are the goals that drive your program?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of interesting. Our our program I think is unlike many that you'd find in 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 corporations.
3: That's Richard Neen Cory, Director of Leadership Programs.
1: Our guiding star, and this was actually the job description that Reed gave to Peter Reiling, who's our boss is, you know, great company, great leaders, great human beings. And so when you you break that down, what does all that mean? Well, we can look around at a lot of companies and say, hey, did they lose their way somehow? And, you know, are they still proud of where they work? I always want people to see our our Netflix logo and be extremely proud of it. And I always want to say that part of being a stunning colleague is being a great human being as well, not just being great at your work. And that it's going to take great leaders to do this, leaders who, who don't just have the the technical expertise, but they have the empathy and vulnerability to carry us through whether you consider it an air pocket or a rough patch. And so what we do is um, we really focus on the values that leaders bring to their leadership Um, and not just the kind of corporate values, but the values that might guide someone to say, hey, (laughs) to be a good person, this is how I want to behave in life. And we pattern the program after the Aspen Institute's leadership program, which several of our E staff members went through, and several of our L staff and X staff have been fellows, uh, myself included, and we brought that internally uh, to offer to all directors and above. And at some point in your learning and development as an executive, you start to learn much more from the other leaders around you than just sitting in a classroom setting. And you start to learn more by delving in kind of laterally to topics versus sitting in front of a PowerPoint. I'm not knocking a PowerPoint. Um, It's just not what we do. Um, We use things like poetry and literature and memoirs to generate a conversation to talk about the values that drive you. And also, when those values meet the uh, meet the road, and there's tension tension between yourself, tension between the business, and tension between the world, as a leader, how do you navigate that? And it's a pretty complex thing to do. So, you know, we offer a few things for for directors and above. Uh, you know, a seminar that we call leadership and legacy that that delves straight into the values of. What does it mean to be a good leader and hold those values? And what's the kind of impact that we want to leave here in the company and maybe even beyond? We have a seminar on leading a global Netflix. And finally, we're adding tons of complexity. We have factors both inside the company and outside of the company that leaders have to contend with. So we have a course on how do you lead through complexity? How do we maintain the kind of DNA of, of being good storytellers amidst all that's going on. Um, and so we bring leaders together for a week-long residential kind of setting to step back and hit the pause button and and think through these things.
3: Have you grown while well, you've been here? Have you Has your promotion growth been transparent to you? Like, are you growing? Yes,
1: I
4: definitely have grown a lot uh, as a leader.
3: That's software engineering manager
4: Ryan Burgess. I have, you know... Over the six years, I know I've grown a lot. There's times when you start to feel like, am I? And it's like, it becomes like, I even have to soul search and think of like, what have I done differently, like last year to this year? There's points in time where I've been like, am I being challenged enough? Do I need to? And you know what? This is part of the reason why I ended up finding a different role too, is like, Maybe I should look for something different to be challenged more and and continue growing. It wasn't that I wasn't continuing to grow. It's just like, maybe something different will even accelerate that some new challenges that I'm dealing with could really help that. So I do and like the answer short and sweet. Yes, I have grown and I'm continuing to grow. It's just like, are those those step functions of growth?
3: What if another company comes to you tomorrow and says, hey, you know, it's, it's a successful internet company in Silicon Valley, maybe even closer to home potentially. And they say, hey, we want you to come in to be like a director or a VP. You're not going to get that same kind of uh, offering. You could leave to do that. Is that tempting to you? Um,
4: I have run into situations where, yes, I've I've absolutely been approached for bigger titles at, you know, various companies. Uh, even to be honest, to be tr- very transparent, I've even while I was going through the notion of like what challenges do I want in my next role, I interviewed with many internal roles at Netflix, but I interviewed externally too. And some of those were bigger, like quote unquote, bigger titles. And I did it because it was like, I got to do my due diligence to know like what I want and how am I going to grow in my career? But it was really going to be hard for me to give up the Netflix culture. I got to admit, But I I did feel like, no, as I'm having these conversations, I want to find the right role and make sure that I did that. And so there some of the roles were bigger, essentially in in title, but I didn't feel like it was enough. Like it wasn't necessarily having the impact. So it goes back to that, like, just because there's a title doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, quote unquote, growing.
3: One area where employees can grow though by all means, not the only or most important way, is compensation. I spoke with Teresa Hoover, who leads the compensation team.
5: I started Netflix September 2020. And the, my, the goal is, when I was hired, was to build out a compensation team for Netflix. Prior to that, we really didn't have a formal compensation team. In the last, what, 16 months, we've expanded and, and built out our team.
3: How is comp- stuff happening before your team got created?
5: So before our team, we did have one individual who was focused on really just providing market compensation data for the entire organization. But prior to our team, really the onus was on people, managers and employees to gather their own, their own data for compensation discussions.
3: Yeah. So it sounds like there's a philosophical switch that happened in the last few years. How'd that happen? why that happen?
5: So I don't, it's not a change in our comp philosophy. Our comp philosophy is still consistent. How we approach or apply our comp philosophy, I think is what's shifting. I mean, we know our comp philosophy is personal top of market based on three questions, right? Which is what could the person, the first one, what would the person get at other companies? The second one is what would we pay to keep them? And the third one is what would it cost to replace that person? For question one and question three, we can provide data to help people managers answer those questions.
3: Top of mind for Teresa and her team is making sure Netflix's compensation policies are fair and equitable.
5: So we do run a what we call as our pay equity analysis, which means that we look at every single employee's compensation and we look at that compensation data relative to individuals that are performing similar roles and we seek to understand are there any pay discrepancies that might be based on gender globally? and then within within the US, race and ethnicity. The other thing that I think is important that helps keep our pay equitable, if you will, is that we do have very, I would say, phenomenal pay transparency. Director and above at Netflix can see anyone's pay. And uh, that is not common. That is not a common characteristic.
3: I've, I've been at Netflix for, you know, eight years or so, and I've, I definitely feel like there's not a, there hasn't been traditionally a paved path for me to understand what my growth looks like. We don't have levels, we're very flat. At the same time, if I look at myself as an employee, when I started versus now, I have definitely grown. I am a better employee. I'm a better person in some ways. And I am seeing lately, and I, maybe it's from your team starting and stuff. There's a little bit more structure around that. There's a time when, you know, the managers are saying, okay, let's work on what your career looks like. Which I'm really appreciating. How much structure is there?
5: So we're beginning to put that in place would be my would be my answer. It's to your point, it's not something we've historically done. And and I do think it's it's different when you're the size we are now versus when you're when when you started maybe what, two thousand employees or even less potentially. Yeah. I think it's it's easier to wear many hats, right, and to go get good at something you're not when, when it's a smaller company. The larger we become, the more siloed we become, and so it's more incumbent on that employee-people-manager conversation about career growth. So in conjunction with, again, having a comp team, we'll be seeing a more a, more of a support structure to enable those conversations.
3: Jenny Lee Deal is Director of Strategic Initiatives, She told me about another recent shift at Netflix when it comes to growth and development.
6: Whereas before it was very informational, you go, you know, once a quarter, we would get the new hires together and kind of, you know, talk to them about some key business context. And now we're looking at the first six months of the new hire journey and actually looking at it through a learning lens of what are the various things that, that a new hire would need in order to, what we would say, acculturate, right, to really understand our culture. And we also have a, a, a leader onboarding, so we call that Leading At, and that's where we get to talk with leaders to get into some of these concepts of what is your role as a leader in terms of role modeling. And we know we need to do even more. And so we've been scaling that investment.
3: How's Netflix philosophy on learning and development evolved over the past few years? Like, what is our approach?
6: Well, we have a core part of our philosophy that I think has stayed somewhat consistent, and I'll go into that. But we definitely have some things that have shifted, you know, along with our growth and and our scale. Uh, so starting off with that core part of the philosophy, uh, there's a key part of our culture that that's Dream Team. You know, you can read about it on our culture memo at length. But when it comes to learning and development, you know, Dream Team is all about working with the most extraordinary colleagues on really hard problems. And what we say is that you get a bunch of your growth uh, quickly through that, that, that on-the-job experience and that this is one of the key value propositions. So when it comes to this part of Dream Team, which drives a lot of our talent philosophy, actually, this, this is something that we continue to really anchor on. Uh, what's, what's changed, though, is that development is integral to this. And so, whereas before we we did not see kind of formalized development as a way to really, you know, enact this dream team, today we've realized that you know while we wish we could rely on role modeling and you know just putting people in the culture and 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 then they're just going to pick it up, and that we're kind of too big for that and we're growing too quickly for that, and that there are ways to look at development as accelerating learning. And so what we do is we stay focused on culture, on leadership, and on the business as sort of our key focus areas when it comes to learning and development. Well, and what do you mean culture? Yeah. So by culture, it starts off with understanding our values and how they apply, as well as our tenets. So as an example, you know, if, if we understand, you know, a value might be judgment, which is a big one that we talk about, but then a tenant might be dream team or freedom and responsibility. And what we've learned is that without learning and development, you can misinterpret, you can misapply, you might misunderstand, you know, in terms of what do these really mean, but you can, through learning experiences, you can start to get to some of those first principles of where did this value come from and how does it show up?
3: So kind of formalizing our our culture memo and our the way we talk about that kind of making sure that that persists as you grow as an employee
6: yes and the culture memo is our guiding document you know as we build our programs and build you know different support we are we often go back to the culture memo and say where is it that we're trying to impact here richard
3: do you have anything else to add to how our learning development has evolved in the last few years
1: uh you know from my observation i've I've seen it transform from what I would call a kind of learner driven to kind of focus needs around the business. So it's not just individuals deciding, oh, I need this and it's gonna make me a better leader, but there's a lot more intentionality about the types of things that leaders need at this trajectory and this kind of time in the company. I think there's still a lot of work on that, but I I do see I do see a noticeable investment in the company over time from just like, hey do what you need to do to get better to hey we're going to help you along with this because we're making an investment in you what do leaders need well i mean that's the subject of university courses (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know i think you know when i think about the great leaders i know and and people who are growing to be great leaders they need three things the first one is around like do I understand the values that drive me as a human being? Those values and our kind of perspective on human nature often color the way that we lead. For example, am I collaborative in nature? Do I believe in a type of community that's going to help further you know, my business goals as well as my team's goals? That's the first thing. The second thing is like, do I have the technical chops to be a leader? <laughs> there are some tactical things that just have to, have to be in place for good leadership to happen. And those range from, you know, do I use my time wisely in meetings, for example, all the way to can I start to connect the dots um, between the work that I'm doing and that others are doing around the company um, so that we can have a, a bigger effect? And then I think the third thing that leaders need is other leaders. They need other leaders to, to model themselves after. They need other leaders to learn from. Being a leader is, uh, I think, you know, a pretty special thing. It can also be a pretty lonely thing. And um, I'm often impressed when leaders seek each other out, not just for kind of moral support or how to do my job better, but how can we get this thing done in a way that um, we all feel good about it at the end of the day and that our people who are, that we're leading are cheering us along and we're cheering them along as well. Why,
3: why was growth and development structured in a less formal way? And why has it evolved to be in this slightly more formal way?
6: I think it's largely about the size of our company, as well as the pace of growth that, you know, going back to, well, how was it happening when, you know, Netflix, or since Netflix founding when we were small, I think you could say that we were doing pretty well, you know, in terms of having a really strong culture, in terms of having leaders, people who you know stayed with the company and did great work. Um, but going back to the difference that when you're growing at a certain pace, that kind of organic learning and that organic development um, at some point becomes insufficient. Uh, and and I also think there was a little bit of. You know, when, when Netflix was founded, what learning and development meant, the concept of learning and development at that time, uh, you know, definitely didn't work for us at the time. It wouldn't work for us today, you know, in some of this more formal kind of classroom training or, you know, things like that. What learning and development means today, you know, we've, we, we've become more sophisticated and we're looking at different ways to foster learning. You can have peer-to-peer learning, You know, there's lots of different ways to immerse people in experiences where it's really impacting their mindset and not just, you know, giving them a bunch of information about, you know, what you can read in a book of what it means to be a manager or something like that.
5: I think the key here is to just stay flexible and stay curious.
3: That's Shoko Yugura, manager on the rights management team.
5: Because... Netflix, it moves really, really fast. And if you just like the certain things to just stay where they are, and if you don't really, if you're not curious and you're not interested in like see how like if there is any way that you can contribute to the business, even if it feels like it sits right outside of your purview, I think someone who gets promoted is usually the person who asks that, like you know, hey, can I do that? Can I help out? And Stay flexible in that sense and nimble.
3: I want to thank all my guests today Neda Segalai, Paloma Souza, Gina Rodriguez, Archna Kumar, Richard Nienkori, Teresa Hoover, Jenny Lee Deal, and Shoko Yagura. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
0: We Are Netflix is hosted by Lyle Troxel. He's a senior software engineer at Netflix. You can keep up with We Are Netflix on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. To learn more about careers at Netflix, go to jobs.netflix.com.